today on the Strokes and Jokes podcast. We have an incredible interview set up. I am here with Carter Mumbauer and Julian LaValle. An interview from Connor Jones. And Carter has a little bit of information to share with you guys, um, basically following up what he's been working on the past couple of years and where he's, what his plans are for the future. Connor Jones, Oakland University alumni in the Horizon League, along with Cleveland State, Detroit Mercy, and Youngstown State, along with many other schools. Connor just recently turned pro and has big plans for the future as he's playing in the Dam Championship coming up in a couple weeks. He uh, played Juco for one year before Oakland, and he has a nice story for us today, and we can't wait to hear from him. All right, again, Carter, we just can't thank you enough for being on the podcast here with us today. Um, we really appreciate it. Um, yeah, no worries. Glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, to get started off, can you just give us, our listeners, just a little bit of background information on you? Just tell us about yourself. All right. I'm uh, 23 years old, going to be 24 here in uh, early November of this year. Uh, just finished playing golf at Open University. My final season was uh, spring of 2018. Um, been playing golf since I was three years old. I have a pretty good family background in golf. I've uh, I've had a club in my hand since I was three, which I'm sure that's a little different than you guys based on what I listened to in the first podcast. Um, yeah, so... Basically, been around golf all my life. Played, uh, started competitive golf when I was six. I ended up winning. I think I won my first four tournaments on the one of the junior tours up here, and ended up winning. I want to say six tournaments my first year. Wow. So yeah, it's kind of. Uh, I don't know. It's one of those things. I've kind of. I've always had a golf club in my hand. Um. I'm a huge club and gearhead, so I have a ton of golf clubs in my room. I have a couple. Uh, I have a couple tour van hookups, so I get some pretty sweet stuff here and there. Ooh. Oh. Uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so when the guys came to Detroit, I ended up getting. I ended up getting a custom M5 built for me, which was pretty sweet. Oh yeah. And then uh, I have a three wood on the way as well. Um, other than that, I'm a huge shoe collector. I have about 75 pairs of shoes. Um, starting to save my money now that I kind of <laughs> need it going forward. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so pretty much I, uh, you know, the people that have me on Snapchat or Instagram, they see most of my shoes like at all times. I used to, I used to put daily picks up of what I was wearing, so, you know, kind of a, kind of a nice little flex, but all my friends were cool with this. So <laughs> that's, that's respectable, I like so, it. Ah, you know, gotta do what you gotta do. But, yeah, other, other than golf, man, I've, uh, I played travel baseball, um, stopped when I was 13, and I also played basketball throughout, um, school up until my sophomore year of high school so okay yeah i've always been around sports golf has just always been my passion so it's kind of the background of me really awesome um basically our second question is is it's kind of a tough one but um basically when did it click with you or when did you realize that you could possibly make golf a career years ended up coaching Akron a little bit um 
pretty big shoes so to fill. I, I, I guess I've always kind of, I've thought of maybe being a club pro. Okay. Um, and then, when did it click? Um, man, that's so tough. So it is. I would say junior year of high school, I played pretty solid. Um, then played, I played halfway decent in some of my summer tournaments. Uh, then I, my senior year, I won four high school events and I averaged, I think, 71 for the year. And as you guys know, being from the North, it's, you know, we're coming out of, I mean, it's so damn cold. Right, exactly. Um, Spring golf. So we're trying to practice. Now, we have, like, golf domes up here. I don't know what you guys do in Ohio necessarily. Simulators. Simulators. Go ahead, say that again. Uh, We just use simulators, really. It's the only option we really have. Yeah, yeah. And that's, like, it's crazy, man. Being up north, people really don't realize. uh, Yeah, people don't realize... how tough it is but then again I guess for me uh, going into senior year of high school I almost realized it was like a so it's kind of like a blessing and a curse I guess is the way I looked at it because you kind of you know you're not competing for like during the winter so it's kind of giving you a mental break as well Um, so then you work on all your physical stuff and maybe you're making a swing change and maybe you know, it's not clicking at the end of the year. You're frustrated. Well, then you finally have time. There's no competition coming up, so you're trying to get ready for the spring. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of came out and was playing well senior year of high school. And I was like, all right, cool. Now, unfortunately, obviously, the colleges, like the bigger colleges, have had their, you know, they've had their classes picked out for two to three years. Right, right. And uh, so obviously it was tough getting recruited. But I don't know, there was part of me that was, part of me that was still very optimistic that I could go play at the Division One level because I felt like, you know, I I have the talent, but maybe I was like, I was a pretty late bloomer, I guess you could say. Right. And that's tough for coaches to pick. You know, it's tough for a coach to be like, oh, I want him on my team. Yeah, it's hard for him to buy into it. Exactly. So, uh, what what did I do? So then the summer of that season, I finished tied for 12th at the Michigan Open. I shot, I, I was six under, and I lost by 14. Wow. Damn. Yeah, so Ryan Brem ended up winning that year, who just won a couple weeks ago on the now the Corn Ferry Tour. Oh, okay. And that was when I kind of was like, oh, well, maybe if I can compete against these guys, then, you know, maybe a college coach is going to start looking at me. And mm-hmm. So I talked to a few, I talked to a few Division One schools, a few JUCOs, a few Division Two schools, and I want to say there were one or two NAI schools in there as well. Um, and I think it was hard for me to accept at first that I wasn't going to go Division One because I felt like I had the talent. So, but then again, like I finally got over that phase and. And that's why I, I have a few kids that I help out and kind of mentor and try to figure out if they want to play college golf or not. And it's, I, I wish more people would understand it, but in today's day and age, it's, a lot of it has to do with parents telling them that they're the best thing since sliced bread. Right. <laughs> you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, I just, I, I'm just going to call it how I see it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these kids are all pissed off. I don't know if you guys are edited or unedited. If I can cuss, we're cool. You're good. Joel, you're good. Uh, it's full so, sentence. <laughs> most, most kids kind of, 
Yep. Well, that's asinine, first off. <laughs> so that's just the way I, I mean that's just the way I look at it. So I tell people all the time, like I went to junior college, I went to Spartanburg Methodist and Spartanburg, South Carolina my freshman year because none of the schools I was talking to ended up working out. Which which was Another another thing for me is it, it was kind of a blessing and a curse. I got to go. <clears throat> I was 11 hours away from home. I got to live on my own. I got to see what it was like to be independent. Um, and honestly, I liked I liked being away from home. I talked to you know the handful of friends that you guys talked to from high school. I mean, everyone knows how that goes. Right. So you kind of realize who your friends really are. And I think that's a big thing. And then, so I went into school blind, and I feel like I, I can get along with people pretty well. So I just kind of, I kind of always am pretty laid back and just kick it. And I got along with most of my teammates. Some of them kind of thought they were the shit. So I was like, eh, I don't really like this. I'm not doing this for another year. So I ended up, man, it was probably... It was probably February, maybe, of my time down there. And I was like, you know, I just really don't like this. And I felt like I was kind of starting to play well. So I ended up reaching out on during spring break. I was down to my sister's and I was practicing down in uh, actually Bluffton, South Carolina, funny enough. the <laughs> University. So. Um, so yeah, I made this decision. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm transferring somewhere, wherever it may be. And I was same thing. I went through the first time I was talking to a couple of division one schools. I was talking to some D two schools and I was just like ready to get out of there. Um, it, it I don't know. I guess it was sort of bittersweet, right? I'm living in, in the South for, basically uh, what was it essentially eight or nine months when we we're in school right right and our only bad month was january i mean i was hitting balls on freaking valentine's day when everyone was up here freezing their ass off <laughs> so, so so i mean there's so many pros and cons but i ended up transferring back home to uh and like I said, I loved being away from home. It was it was cool. I'm able to live on my own. Like I'm, I can deal with that stuff. Uh, and just so happened that Oakland was the first first school to throw an offer on the table. I had known a couple of the kids, and man, at the time, one of my so one of my teammates at Oakland who was one of my best friends, his name's Jake Neen, and, I mean, I'm sure you guys will hear his name. He won the Michigan Open last year as an amateur. Wow. Uh, he's been to two USAMs. So, at the time, we had a kid, Dan Alt, who was one of my best friends. At the time, he... So, I transferred in sophomore year. I played with Dan... I don't remember what year it was. But he made it to the U.S. Junior Am. He finished medalist at our qualifier up here. And Jake had just made the U.S. Am at Olympia Fields. And they had just gotten rid of the old coach that really didn't want to talk to me, which I was fine with. <laughs> um, you know, not, not everyone's going to want to talk to you. So... Um, it was nice knowing some of the guys. I probably knew I probably knew half the team. So, oh, and another one of my teammates was uh, Evan Bowser, who has had full status on the McKenzie Tour, which is old PGA Tour Canada. So, mm-hmm. our team at the time, I was like, wow, this could be perfect. We have a great facility. It's 20 minutes from where I grew up. I know half the team. So, I was like, this could be really cool. So... That's kind of a, and I guess to shorten this answer up now that I've kind of gone on is pretty much after 
a little bit. Sophomore year, I played halfway decent. Junior year, I played okay in the fall. Um, and then la- the summer going into senior year. So the summer going into senior? No, it was the summer of 2018. I won two pretty big amateur tournaments up here. And I was like, all right, I'm going to I'm gonna give it a go once I finish up school. So I ended up finishing up school this past winter, and now I'm kind of ready to give it a go come this fall and winter. Nice. So, yeah, that's pretty, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I, like I said, I, at first I was going to go for just a club pro job, and that business is tough nowadays. So I figured give myself the best opportunity to try to play as a career and go from there. So, uh, what was like the process like of when when you just your decision to turn professional? Like, what what were the different steps you had to take and stuff like that? Um, I guess the first thing you got to do is you got to figure out if you want to sit at a desk from nine to five, and that is just not what I want to do. <laughs> so that kind of made the decision easier. Uh, I get to be my own boss, which is kind of badass. It's pretty nice. Uh, I mean, I get, I, you know, I get to wake up and be like, Oh, do I want to go to golf balls? Do I want to play or do I want to work out first? Doesn't get a whole lot better than that in my world. Cause that's pretty much what I do on the daily when I'm not working. <laughs> um, so, but you got to look at the other aspects. Do you think you have a legitimate chance and I guess you never know until you start playing. Um, but then it goes into the expense portion of it. And it's, I mean, man, it is so expensive. And I've done my, I've done my research. I've looked into it all. And luckily I'll have some people backing me that are very, you know, very generous. And I'm very thankful for. But, I mean, without them, it, it, it would probably... It probably wouldn't be feasible unless I was trying to pinch pennies, which to play professional golf is almost impossible in today's day and age because it's so it's so expensive. And I, I was just down at the National Father Son and uh, and at Country Club of North Carolina a couple weeks ago. And the first day, my dad and I played with a kid who turned pro. He had enough money to do it for a year. Actually, had enough money to do it for two years, but he ended up only doing it for one because he he doesn't hit super long. He hits it relatively straight, but him and I kind of him, my dad and I, and then his dad and I sat down for a little bit after and had a couple beers, and we were we're just chit chatting. And his dad told me he said. I think this is something I'll never forget. He said, Connor, if you're going to go and you're going to turn professional and you're going to play, you cannot think about the money. You you cannot do it or else you will not be able to succeed. So, you know, in the last couple of weeks, I've, I've really been thinking pretty hard about that. And I, and I do think it's true. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it, there's a few steps that go into it, I guess, technically. But, yeah, I, I would say the biggest thing is the expenses and what you're looking at. And, you know, is it feasible, I guess, would be the other one. Right. Especially because I don't know if this is even realistic, but $500 entrance fee into, you know, three different tournaments, you're paying almost every penny you got. It's a lot of pressure on yourself, you know. I just broke. Oh, absolutely! I just broke the absolutely. bank to play. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. It it is. It's expensive, man. I mean, it's all. It's been one of those things I've I've always wanted to do, but for some people, dreams are dreams. Luckily for me, like I said, I have people that are willing to back me and. You know, those are the ones that are helping my dreams become a reality. Uh, and I guess what people don't know, now, now you guys are golfers, so you might know, but 
it's it's not like oh I get to sign up and I get to be on the PGA tour. Yeah, <laughs> it might never like, it might never happen. Wish it was that easy. But, yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, but if golf was easy, everyone would play it, Fact. and that's you know it's it's a hard game. Uh, it's super fun, but irritating as hell at the same time. Yeah. So, and that's and I think that's another thing. I mean, if you don't have the passion, if you don't have the passion for the game, and maybe you're doing it for someone else, you have no chance to succeed. You you have no you have absolutely zero chance. If you don't love the game, and you don't want to wake up and play it or practice it every single day, yeah, don't waste the money. There's no motivation there. No, absolutely that not. Point. So. That's what I, yeah, that's pretty much what I would say about it. So we, uh, we mentioned something in the first podcast about what golf means to us. What does golf mean to you? Mm, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, golf for me is, um, I guess this will be pretty cliche, but golf for me is everything. I mean, I told you a little background about me. I've been around the game. I've, I've had a club in my hand since I was three. I mean, for me, it's it's been something that's been constant in my life. Um, and, I, yeah, I don't really, I guess I don't really know. I guess I don't really know what, like, it's kind of just my life. And if you know me, it's it's pretty it's pretty noticeable. It's it, it means everything to me. But it's just been it's something that even when you're stressed out about say schoolwork or you you know you got a project due or you got work to do blah 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 like you can go play nine holes and and or hit golf balls on the driving range and you can just escape from everything plug in your music if you want i mean obviously you don't have to like a lot of times i'll plug my music in go to the far end of the range and i'll just hit some golf balls or i'll go play nine by myself and kind of just when i'm on the golf course i don't i don't think about anything else about apart from what i'm doing so for me it's it's definitely been something I've always fallen back on as a stress reliever, even though it never really relieves stress. <laughs> it kind of pisses you off even more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess that, that would be my answer to that question. Like I said, it sounds pretty cliche, but it's it's been something I've, I've done forever. So... I mean, I don't know what I would do without the game, to be honest with you. You know what? That's an answer we'll take because for a lot of us, golf really is just about everything. I tell people all the time, like, it's the only sport you can play for your entire life. Right. So, I think, and you're never too old to get into it. Uh, And I guess that's the cool thing about it. So, you know... If you're looking for something to do, I, I would try golf, but just know you're not going to be good at it the first X amount of years you play, because it is hard. Oh, it's yeah. tough. It is tough. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it is, it is, but, man, once you find, you, you could play a shitty round of golf, you hit one shot, and you hit one shot square on the club face, and you say, all right, we're going to do it again tomorrow. <laughs> One, no, no. How dumb is how dumb is that? Yeah, it's one you good. You play eighteen holes and hit one good shot, and you're like, oh, I'll try it again tomorrow. Yeah, one good shot uh, always brings you back. Always brings yeah, you back. Exactly, exactly. But so, um, yeah. So Connor, what what's on the playlist for you down on the range? What are we listening to? Man, I listen to some. I listen to some hardcore hip hop, like. Uh, <laughs> I'm like one of the whitest kids, and if you were to unplug my headphones, 
you would hear Two Chains, Future, uh, Young Thug. I mean, I I got now. I listen to a lot of music, so I listen to like some old school, like old school stuff that your parents grew up with. You know. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't want to use my parents that much, but uh, <laughs> their music was good as hell. I, I some days, some days you just throw it back to some like some 80s or some you know, like the Eagles Earth Wind and Fire I mean it kind of depends on the mood but yeah 9 out of 10 times I'm listening to I'm listening to hip hop we're exactly the what same what about you guys what do you guys listen to it's a little bit a little bit of both we uh a lot, a lot of hip hop rap um a lot of the same artists you said um yeah. some country music um just depends on the mood. Yep, totally. I totally agree with that. I listened to, uh, I actually just, I was just up in Toronto last weekend at uh, Veld Music Festival. So, got to see Alesso, Tiesto, um, Kygo, Loud Luxury for the EDM fans. And that was wild. Uh, <laughs> got to see... Gotta see Jaden Smith. Gotta see Ski Mask the Swamp God. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's a mix between like there's an EDM stage and a rap stage. Okay. So it was uh, it was sweet because that's uh, that's another thing I like to listen to some some house music or EDM whatever you want to call it. Uh, but yeah, it definitely depends on the mood. But like I said, I- I'll give you eight out of ten times it's hip hop. All right. Well, we did say something earlier about shoes. Um, yeah. I I also um, was an avid shoe collector before college kind of drained the bank account. Um, yeah, welcome to college. Waste all your money on books. Thanks. I know, and you don't <laughs> even crack them open. You just look at them, and then it's comes. Yes, comes bro, I May. Did that five years. I know how that goes. But um, what's your favorite um, pair? What's the what's the top shoe you got? That I, oh, all right, so. I am, I'm a sneaker collector, however, I'm not a hype beast. Okay. So, <laughs> so, like, I don't have any, first off, I'm not spending, I mean, the shoes today are, are sweet. Retro Jordans that come out are unreal, the Yeezys, which are kind of overhyped now because they keep releasing them. Yeah. Right. Um, but, dude, I'm just not, I'm just not going to spend that kind of money. So, I would love to one day be able just to be like, oh, I want that pair of shoes, like, send them my way. Or go into Flight Club or go into Stadium Goods. I don't know if you guys watch uh, Sneaker Shopping on Complex. Yeah, I have. Yeah, so I would love to one day go into those stores and just blow my money. (laughs) But, man, right now it's it's not a thing. So I actually haven't really picked up anything in the last probably three or four months. But... I like to rock, man, um, I have a couple, I do have a couple good pairs, I gotta, I gotta re-release Jordan 1, it was a remake of a 1986, uh, Concord 1, ooh, yep, that pair's pretty clean, I actually... I have a pair of, man, one of the first and only pairs to this day that I've spent over 100 bucks on. I got a pair of Penny Hardaway Volts. And I would say that's like one of my most prized pair. But I wear a lot of, I wear a lot of uh, running shoes and a lot of, I wear a lot of Nike. I, I mess I with Adidas. I mess with some of the new Pumas. Um, but, man, my favorite my favorite pair to kick it in is probably the Nike Pegasus. I run in those, and I, I got probably five or six pairs now that I just kick it in because they're super comfortable and don't have to lace them up or anything. So, big fan of those. Yeah. What kind of uh, golf shoes do you wear on the course? Um, wear a lot of Nike. We were in Nike school at O 
So same as uh, us. I I used to wear so I used to wear Foot Joy a lot. Uh, I I think they made fantastic golf shoes. Uh, but now I wear a lot of Nikes. It seems I have some Nikes. I just got when they released the Jordans a couple months ago, the yeah. white pair and the black pair with the elephant print. My inner hype beast came out, and I got a pair of them. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, had to do that. And then, uh, but yeah, I mostly wear Nikes. I just got a pair of the, I just got a pair of the Roche, the Roche golf shoes, and they are so comfortable. Do you have the Roche ones that are like the studs or the actual uh, spikes in the bottom? I have the Roche G Tour, so I have the ones with the spikes Spike. on the bottom. Okay. And you said you guys are a Nike school? Yeah, Nike and Foot Joy. It's like a little bit of both. Yeah, I, I heard you talking about the Foot Joy range stuff. I thought that was funny because it's so true. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> oh, it. my God. I only wear short sleeve rain jackets. I don't know if that's superstition or not, but <laughs> I cannot swing in a full rain jacket. Yeah. So I end up, <laughs> if I ever have to wear a full-on rain jacket, A, you might catch me not playing. <laughs> or, or B, so I'll just hit slap cuts for days. Because <laughs> I, I kid you not, if it is raining sideways, A, I probably don't want to be playing. And B, I'm trying not to throw my club in the lake. So I'm white knuckling in it with some freaking uh, some rain gloves and hitting freaking dick high stingers with driver. It's terrible. <laughs> it's like my it's like my least favorite weather to play in. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, yeah, so I I would definitely suggest you guys maybe look into a pair of those because they are incredible. So, but yeah, other than that, I really there's not like a specific golf brand that I wear a lot of. Uh, talking to a few companies in hopes that they'll maybe start sending me some apparel and stuff, but yeah, I, I pretty much wear whatever I think is A, comfortable, B, stylish, and C, good for performance. Alright, so uh, we heard you early in the podcast say like you're a club junkie or you're a deer head. Uh, what, what's in the bag? Grips. 
I know the owner pretty well, so go out to the, they're headquartered out of Wixom, so their customer service and the owner is great out there, so they, uh, they've been big time to me so far, so I really appreciate their help. Uh, I have, man, that's about, that's about all I got in the bag, I don't think there's anything else, right? Uh, golf ball, golf club. Yeah, yeah it sounds pretty and then good. I, uh, so, yeah, it's about it. What, That's about it. What ball um, did you guys play in college? Did you play TP fives? Yeah, so <laughs> it was sort of funny. Uh, I've played TaylorMade since senior year of high school. So I started with the Lethal. Then went to the Tour Preferred, mm-hmm. Tour Preferred X. Then they came out with TP5s, and I transitioned. I did a lot of testing with the TP5 and TP5X, but I was sticking with TaylorMade. Um, At the time, I spun Titleist too much, which was crazy. I mean, they're great. They make the the number one golf ball on tour, right? So, you know, a lot of people like to say they're playing Titleist, but part of the reason I was playing TaylorMade at the time was because a lot of people were playing the same golf balls. So it was always nice to be in a, a, you know, to be in a group and everyone be like, oh, I'm playing this, this, and this. And I'd be like, all right, well, I'm playing this TaylorMade, so we don't have to worry about my ball. (laughs) I can respect Uh, that. So all, actually, I basically had to talk my, so the coach when I first got to Oakland was actually gone after my first year. So I ended up having to talk him in to get me my TaylorMades because he kind of wanted me to play Titleist. Um, but one of the girls that came in to Oakland, her mom worked for TaylorMades, so she was able to hook me up pretty fat. And oh, yeah. Just another, you know, just something to be thankful for. So he ended up ordering me 12 dozen of my custom number and with our logo on them, so it was pretty sweet. And then... Yeah, like I said, I've been playing them since senior year of high school. So everyone was pretty much playing Titleist. I was playing TaylorMade. And then once they came out with TP5 and TP5X, a couple more of my teammates switched to the TaylorMade. So. Mm-hmm. What do you got going on tomorrow? Tomorrow I have a Pub Links match. Um, at 12.30, and then I'm heading up to Muskegon for the GAM Championship, which is the Golf Association of Michigan, so... Oh, okay. It's always, uh, pretty last... It's the... Pretty much the last tournament to play in of the summer. Um, I'm actually coming down to Ohio for the Toledo Open, so I will be there. Um, have any of you played Stone Oak Country Club? That's more Don't know where it's located. I just know that's what's called. Where, is it in Toledo, you said? It's, uh, yeah, I want to say it's right around there. Scorecard looks sweet. It's only, I think it's only like 6,400 yards, so <laughs> oh, it wow, should be okay. fun. Yeah. yeah, that's always fun when you play those little, little bit shorter on the sides. I have a feeling it's going to be, you're going to have to work the ball, which I'm cool with. It'll be a fun test. So, um, yeah, other than that, I really don't have much... I don't have much more coming up. Just getting ready to move to, uh, get ready to pack up my stuff in the next couple months and head down to Florida and start, uh, I guess you want to call it the career. The grind. That's pretty much all I got going. There you go. Yeah. Be a good time. Um, so this is kind of an interesting question for us. What are some, like, maybe like a top five courses that you like or... Some ones that are your favorite? That I've played? Mm-hmm. So, my top two are, man, gosh, now I got to think of where I've played that I really like. I know, so, it's tough. My top two, and my dad and I consider this like our heaven, is Country Club of North Carolina, the Dogwood course, and the Cardinal course, uh... That's where the National Father Son is. So we always looked forward to going down to that. Uh, we played in the last five years. Uh, his 
So my dad and his dad, so my grandpa, they were able to win it three times and finish second three times. So, like, there's a lot of sentimental value to that place to me. Uh, but the golf courses are incredible. Wow. So there's two of the five to start. Uh, then my coach was lucky enough to get us on Peachtree, which Peachtree is essentially the sister course to Augusta. Ooh. They have, like, I'll just give you a rundown of this place real quick. I don't know how much time we have left. Uh, but no, you're late. good. We're good. All right. So this place has, like, 120 members. No rules, all guys, pro V's on the range, pro V's on the short game area. <laughs> I mean, dude, this this Legit. place was ridiculous. They play, I mean, I think the group in front of us, so we went in two foursomes, I believe, if I, if I remember correctly. And the guys in front of us went in like an eightsome. There was a sixsome in front of them. Everyone knows everyone. They haven't changed the locker room since the course has been built. Like, it, it is just, it, it was the coolest experience. Yeah, I bet it's um, an incredible feeling just walking in there. Oh, I felt, I was like, I sure as hell don't belong here. So, <laughs> like, I'm trying, you know, you're not trying to step on anyone's toes. And then the member that was nice enough to bring us out there was like, oh, we don't care about anything here. We're just, us. He was basically like, yeah, we pretty much do what we want, and this is our golf course, so have fun. I was like, all right, sounds good. <laughs> um, I have Piners number two has to go in my top five. That course is, my dad and I played it, I want to say, might be three years ago now. That's the hardest golf course I've ever played. Um, but it's so pure, so you really can't be you really can't be mad at playing bad. Uh, and then fifth, I'd probably have to go with Detroit Golf Club North, where they just hold the they just held the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Um, that North and South is. They're, they're both incredible. The North course is, I mean, you better you better play well or you're going to shoot a big number. Um, that same thing, that course has some, I have some good memories at that course from this tournament called the Horton Smith. Um, yeah, it's, but the golf course itself is just so pure. So that, I mean, without going into, like, super deep thought, I, I would probably say that's my top five right there. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool because we have a lot of a uh, connection. I mean, North Carolina, obviously we're both from we're from Ohio. Carter's from Michigan. You're from Michigan. And it's right. kind of cool that, you know, we went to a Detroit golf club to watch the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Oh, did um, you? Yeah. yeah. Excellent course. We took a trip to Canada. We went up to Windsor and played in Windsor. Um, to play at the Ambassador Club? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Dude, so that that place is incredible, is it not? Oh, yeah. It's yes. So we went. I, I went up there. I went up there to watch the McKenzie Tour event two years ago. The Windsor um, Championship. Yes. Yes. So. Corey Collins. Yeah, that golf course looked awesome. Uh, I was a big fan of it when I was there. Uh, but yeah, Detroit Golf Club. What'd you guys think of that place? It was nice. It's just overall beautiful, like the layout and um, just like the I water. Mean, it's, Everything's it's perfectly straight, placed. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty straightforward, I'll be honest with you. But like I said, if you're not hitting it good off the tee, whew, you were in for a long day. <laughs> it, it was so, just so cool. Um, I know I haven't been to a PGA tournament or anything, but just seeing like how pure everything looks, how – how the grass is just so clean cut and everything like that. It was just amazing. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah, that place is one of my favorites. Like I said, that, that tournament called the Horton Smith basically kicked off the summer for us. Uh, it's basically the Michigan Masters 
they call it. So it you play the north and south the first day, then they have a super nice dinner, and then you play north for the third round, and then the next day you come back and play the south. So it's I don't know. It, it's uh, that's part of the reason that course has a lot of. There's a lot of meaning to me there, uh, but it's just so pure. The, like I said, what you what you see is what you get. And I went, so I went Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday this year. Uh, part of the reason on Wednesday was to get my driver, <laughs> but a couple <laughs> of my buddies were playing. <laughs> a couple of my buddies were playing in the pro am as well, so I followed them for a few holes, and then. Obviously Thursday the start of the tournament, but I'll tell people I've told people since that experience like Tuesday I would say the practice rounds are the are the way to go. The guys are willing to talk to you. You can go on the range, same thing. They're willing to talk to you. Um, most of those guys out there are super cool. So my one of my good buddies who plays at. University of Detroit Mercy, who is in our conference. Uh, his name's Scotty Sparks. And he caddied at the Monday qualifier at the Orchards, which I've played probably 100 times. He was a member out there for a few years. Um, it's like one of those places that we kind of grew up because it's like one of the best public courses around here. So he caddied for a kid named Wes Holman who ended up making it into the Rocket Mortgage. And Wes kept him on the bag for the entire tournament. That's awesome. Which, wow. which was unreal. So on Tuesday, I actually went out there for, I think I got there around noon. And I didn't leave until they were done playing the practice round because I saw a few guys that I wanted to watch on the putting green and kind of like on the range a little bit to see what they were working on. And then I went and walked with Scotty and Wes, and I got out there, and the group was, their practice round group on Tuesday was Trey Mullinax, um, Roberto Castro, and I totally forgot who the other guy was, (laughs) but, oh, was it Vaughn Taylor, maybe? And then after nine, a couple of the guys left, and then Jason Kokrak, an Ohio boy, was uh, linked up with them and played the other side. So I watched those guys and talked to them. So it was cool, and and that's where I, that's why I say like the practice rounds are definitely the way to go. If I if I would tell people to go, uh, what day did you guys go to the tournament? Tuesday. Oh, okay. So there you go. I know we might have we might have just passed you and not even realized it. Well, I know, honestly, honestly, we might have passed each other. Uh, that's that's so, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, but no, it was super cool to get a. It's super. Detroit is kind of on the comeback, uh, so it was awesome to see a tournament come back there. And you know, ever since the Buick Open left, you know, I, I kind of always felt that Michigan wanted to have another tournament, so. I think it's really cool that it's at Detroit Golf Club since I played it a lot. So when guys are hitting in certain spots, I'm like, oh, that's really good, or that's like, oh, oh that's, that's absolutely tough. shafted. <laughs> <laughs> Just <get killed. laughs> because let me tell you, I've hit it in a lot of those spots, so I know all about that. Oh, yeah. We've all been there. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that's what I would say about it. Um, so maybe probably one more question. and um... Yeah, fire away. So, what is? So we played a scramble today. Um, I also played a scramble today. Oh, really? I bet you did better than us. So this this uh this will fit perfectly. What's your dream foursome? Is it you and the boys, or are you gonna pick a couple pros, or? years my answer has been 
my dad, my grandpa, and Jack Nicholas or Tiger. I can't remember what I put, but I'm pretty sure it was Jack. Yeah. Um, as much as I would obviously love to play with Tiger and every other golfer would say the same thing, there, I, I was lucky enough to meet Jack this year at the Michigan AM. It was the 100th celebration for the Golf Association of Michigan, and uh, he was the guest speaker at the dinner. So when I was playing my practice round on Monday with some buddies, we hit our tee shots on nine, and golf carts were driving up, and we were like, well, there's no golf carts allowed. Like, who could this be? Sure enough, it was Jack. And my grandpa has always said he is super generous and super gracious. And I will go on the record to say that Jack Nicholas is one of, if not the nicest human being on planet Earth. Wow. So that only helped my answer. Uh, so yeah, it would definitely be those guys. It, there's nothing better than playing golf with your pops. I mean, you know, luckily for me, my dad's been a very good player for a long time. So like I said, the, the national father son is, this was my actually, this was obviously my last year as I'm turning pro. So this was my, we've been down for the last five years and, they were, they were like, honestly, like we'd love to have you back even if you're just watching. So I'm sure we'll make a trip down there next year. Um, but yeah, it, it it would be probably, and and I would I would almost like to do it maybe maybe a few years ago when they could all still older golfers like to bitch and talk about where they used to hit it. <laughs> so, um, you know, say you throw it back a couple years. Like in their prime. And, man, I would honestly, I would just sit back and listen to the stories because I, there's not going to be any better stories than what I get out of those three guys. I mean, we're, like I, like I just said, we were this was our fifth year of the National Father Son, and we brought my grandpa down last year, so it was his final tournament ever. Um, but I think in five years, I've heard the same story multiple times, but I've heard new stories every year. So it's just like once you get. Once you get guys like that talking and they essentially get diarrhea of the mouth and just keep <laughs> talking about awesome stories, you know, it's, I guess for me, because I'm a huge golf guy, I guess you could say, um, I could just sit back and soak that in. So I don't think there'd be anything cooler than that. Yeah, definitely. The stories are endless. Who, I mean, yeah. I know. Who would, I, uh, who, who would give me all three of your dream foursomes? Let's hear it. Oh, man. I definitely would like to play with Arnold Palmer. Um, okay, good answer. I would have to say Jack Nicholas as well. Um, he's from Ohio, played at Ohio State. I mean. Are you, first off, Sorry to interrupt you. Are you guys all Ohio State fans? I am. I am a huge Ohio State fan. Um, I guess Julian. I'm a UNC fan. I was actually born in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, so I kind of. Right. I got my aunt and uncle and cousins live there, so. Okay. I love. I love Chapel Hill. Yeah, now I'm from Michigan, so I'm a huge Michigan fan. Tando Ron, Go Blue. Oof. Big oof. There we go. You're a Michigan. Oh yeah. Go Bucks. That's tough. So alright, back to the dream force. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just had to I just had to ask that question. I respect respect the question. I'm probably um Jack Nicholas, um Arnold Palmer, and probably Tiger. 
Um, just because, you know, Tiger, I mean, that's just incredible. One of the best golfers I ever lived. So, um, just to watch him play. Now, I would definitely take Tiger maybe in his prime in his younger days if we could go back. Yeah. Uh, if, yeah I had a pick, if I had to pick a dream foursome, I think Tiger is one of the obvious answers. Uh, probably, probably Jack Nicholas, and then we'll throw it back to another podcaster, Pat McAfee. Oh, I, I, okay, I respect that. I respect <laughs> that big time. Okay. Oh, the Pat McAfee. Um, my dream. Okay, before why why is Pat McAfee not announcing Monday Night Football? The guy is an absolute electric factory. We, oh man, we, it's so trash. It is, it, it is. is. We were waiting for it. Um, we actually all listened to uh, Pat McAfee show and Heartland 2.0. Yeah, same. And it's, I mean, I'm excited about the ESPN college football on Thursday nights, but. I think they messed up with that one. I think they could have got, I think it could have been so much better. Yeah. But that's why I don't get paid big bucks to make decisions like that for them. I would do uh, my dad, Johnny Pitt, um, <laughs> who we talked about in the last uh, podcast. Speaking of, <laughs> what, what happened What happened oh. in that round of golf? We got shit on. Okay, It was we got so shit on. bad. Damn, that is super unfortunate. You hate to hear that. <laughs> it's a tough scene, it is. It really is. He, uh, he beat us by like... 12 strokes. <laughs> it was tough. It was tough. Listen, I was up at 4 o'clock in the morning, and I woke up, and the body was just, it wasn't feeling right. My eyes were a little crusty. Um, it was, it's a different course. I mean, we never played it, so we kind of got out there. And, and he plays it every day. I was just every, spraying every the ball, day. and it was, it was hard recovery shots for me, especially. <laughs> um, Fair enough. These guys. Yeah, the bounces were not going the right way at all. That's understandable, but hey, gotta give credit where credit's due. He, he absolutely whooped that ass. So. He he <laughs> was he was like playing so low key, and we look at the scorecard at the end, and he just kicked the living shit out of us. And uh, he actually listened to the podcast and was like, he's like, I better hear you guys talk about how I beat that ass in that in that round. And I was like, <laughs> all right, respect. <laughs> I mean, he. He got us for sure, but um, I would add um, Tiger for sure, and I would love to have Phil Mickelson in my group to see just like how much of an actual character he is on the course. And the banter between him yeah. and Tiger. And the banter between him and Tiger a little bit. Ooh, I think him and Tiger in the same foursome. I I think that'd be that'd be something. Yeah, I'm with you. That would be that would be a good one. That'd be a good one. Um, as we wrap this up again, we just, we really can't thank you enough for being on here as our first guest as we're getting started with the whole podcasting slash just creating our own thing and what we're doing. Um, do you guys have anything else to say? Just really appreciate it. And if there's anything else we can do for you or anything, just let us know. Yeah, it's TV. Yeah, for sure. If you guys, uh, if you guys ever want me back on, let me know. Uh, thanks for taking the time. Give me a call. Uh, I love podcasts. I think this is sweet. So I do hope this takes off for you guys. So, like I said, same thing. If you guys need anything from me, let me know. Yeah, it would be it'd be so cool to get back with you here in two years and catch up and see uh, how we're doing, the differences and the changes that have occurred. Yeah, I think that'd be awesome. Anytime, just give me a buzz or shoot me a text. Just let me know. Yep. Um, Alrighty. Yep, thank you so much. Yeah, oh, and uh, go Bucks. Go, go Bucks, baby. How All right. Thank hey, you, good Connor. luck next year. Good luck in your future. Um, thank you for being on again, man. Can't appreciate it enough. Thank you. Wow. What an incredible interview from Connor. We can't thank him enough for coming on the channel. What a cool guy. So interesting hearing his story and how it relates to mine. And how we connected and had so much in common. Um, big things for the future. I'm excited. The guys are excited. Have a lot going on. Big thanks to him. Thanks to our 39 viewers. Um, 
We appreciate it. And I'm sure some of the guys have some stuff to say as well. Big thanks to Connor Jones for coming on the show. Much appreciative. It is a pleasure to talk to someone who has ties to the Ohio community. Having two relatives in respective Hall of Fames in golf, both in Ohio State and Youngstown State. Very excited for the future of Connor Jones. Big things on the horizon as we move forward. Big thanks from me as well to Connor. Couldn't thank him enough. His interview was truly incredible, just sharing his story and how all three of us could relate to him and some of the things that we had in common. Uh, make sure you go follow him in the description on Twitter. His ad is Connor underscore Jones 54. It'll be in the description as well. All right, guys. We're going to get back to stroking and joking, and you do the same. <laughs>